to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 12, lucky number 12 of the Overcoming <laughs> Adversity podcast. I am one of your hosts, Blake Cohen. I'm a certified addictions professional and the author of the best-selling book, I Love You More. And my lovely co-host, Amanda Marino, is with me today. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Amanda is a successful interventionist, works for Recovery Ways, and is just an all-things kick-ass person. And we have a pretty incredible show lined up for you today. Um, I'm excited about this one. There's a lot of different adversities that we're going to be exploring from loss to to parenting, um, so many different things. So I'm going to go ahead and let Amanda introduce our guest, though. Hi. Thanks, Blake. It's awesome to be on our, our podcast today with both of you. Um, I want to take a moment to introduce our guest, who is new to Blake and I. Um, she was referred to us and comes highly recommended of just some really um, intense things in her life that she's gone through and has walked through with grace and is a, an example of, you know, of stories that we want people to hear in our podcast about how people are overcoming things that some other people, you know, can't even baffle and can't even wrap their minds around. Um, and I know, Robbie, you have a great reputation, you know, in the behavioral health industry, and you seem like you're a lot of fun from the things I see. So um, I'm really excited to get to know you more. And thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Where are you from, Robbie? So I was born and raised in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I currently live in South Jersey, but I've lived like literally everywhere. But I reside in New Jersey currently. So literally everywhere. So everywhere <laughs> in the state or in the country, I mean? Oh, no. I think I've lived in like maybe 12 or 14 states. And wow, cool. Yeah, and the Caribbean, St. Thomas, St. John, Seattle, Idaho, Washington State, California, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. This just goes on. Are you just wow. somebody who likes change, or is it, was there reasons for moving at each time? Is there do you have a, like a specific job, or is there a parent that had a job that made you move a lot? Yeah, I used to like to call myself a gypsy, and I just like to. to <laughs> I was just a free spirited gypsy. I was really just like a drunk that couldn't find a home. But mm. I, I, I labeled it a, a free-spirited gypsy. Um, but then later <laughs> in life, <laughs> I was in the hospitality industry, and I would run uh, marketing campaigns and efforts for hotels. And my niche was kind of to be put into a hotel that was you know, going under, not, not doing well, may have to sell, may ba go bankrupt. And I would go in and build a marketing team and as soon as that hotel is doing well, it's usually a two-year two -year run, sometimes less, uh, they would move me to the next state. So I did do a lot of that when I was still drinking, but even, you know, most of my adult life, I've moved every couple of years from my job. And, okay. uh, but I've actually been in New Jersey for maybe seven years, which is the longest I've ever lived in a state. I don't know how I ended up New Jersey being the state <laughs> I was going to live in the longest. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Good people yeah. come out of New Jersey. I know a lot of good people that come out of that state. I'll tell you I, that. 
I know, I love it, but it's just funny that like I lived in St. John. It's so beautiful. And then I end up my longest day being in New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey gets a bad rap. I, New Jersey is still, I don't know a ton of people who are great who've come from there. I also, my cousins live there and it's, there's a lot of beautiful parts of New Jersey. There's some smelly parts, to be honest with you. But. All, there is, it, it, they, they call it the armpit, but it's, there's beaches, you know, I live in a lake. I'm right now at my log cabin on a lake. It's oh, incredibly gorgeous. The sun's magical. coming through the trees. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's, I lived on the beach in New Jersey for many years. Like, it's beautiful here. That's so, powerful. All of that moving, and you mentioned that that's when you were back were drinking. So just to, to let our guests, our, our listeners know, so you, you are in recovery, it sounds like. I am. I'm celebrating, well, I'm 22 years right now. I'm celebrating 23 soon. Oh my awesome. God. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So, love but it. That, that lifestyle of moving around all the time, I imagine it's pretty conducive with um, alcoholism or gypsy <laughs> called it, but it's, it's really conducive to that lifestyle. I mean, you're, you're moving around all the time and you almost can restart your life wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it fits the, the role, you know, uh, the, uh, the big book talks of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about, uh, you know, we seek the most sordid places and we wake up with these four horsemen's loneliness, despair, uh, the loneliness sets in and, and, you, and you end up, you have to go. I always say, like, I didn't know I suffered from alcoholism. I just knew I suffered from this feeling of I have to go all the time. I just have to go. I suffered from that in the third grade. I would go to the fifth grade dance and everybody would have clothes that that matched and mine didn't. And I would just feel like, I got to go. I got to go. Like I suffered from that my whole life. I'd be in a relationship and, oh, I got to go. I got to get out of here. And, and that was hard even in sobriety to overcome that feeling. of like, I just got to get out of here. I'm just uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. And I can't do, I have to escape. And then even, you know, in the last 22 years, I, I have this like something inside of me that just doesn't want to ever give up like I don't want to be boring or settle down or or not have adventures anymore or something just makes me always want to go I've just learned over the the years now in in sobriety I've learned how to kind of tweak that feeling and so my mom used to say every time you have to go you don't actually have to move you could go on vacation there like true right or go do something fun right no I'm definitely I I can relate to that that got go you know I'm out Mm-hmm. Like case. I gotta go, but I don't have to move there. Like now I go on vacation. <laughs> wow, that's so awesome. I love that you said that you in sobriety you learned how to tweak too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, I I totally get what you're saying, and I relate to that feeling too. And and it's like uh almost like I can't deal with boredom. I can't deal with social situations. I get uncomfortable a lot very easily. And it's only in recovery where I found comfort in my own skin. Mm-hmm. where I, I don't feel the need to run, but I totally get what you're saying, where it's just no place is ever was a comfortable or a safe place for me. So I, I totally mm-hmm. get what you're mm-hmm. That lifestyle too, I imagine, is hard for to a family. And, and you, you do have kids, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, again, like tweaking it in sobriety to a place that was you know, more healthy and made sense and, and worked, uh, and it wasn't as much as changing ge- geographical locations, and it wasn't as much like, you know, crazy and wild running. I mean, before that, it was. Like, I, I went to New Orleans one time to drink. I think I lived in Florida. I ended up in Vegas, married to a man I think I met in New Orleans. 
that night and like just came. <laughs> sounds like a fun weekend <laughs> it was i came too i'm like in this hotel room and, and there's a ring and polaroids and elvis and, and oh yeah i've done it <laughs> i've done it right yeah. around britney spears time i did it really i can relate <laughs> yeah You're in my yeah. head i was thinking britney spears too because it's a very britney spears thing to do right go run yeah away. i think i did it like the same month as her back then it was like 2008 <laughs> That she yeah. shaved her head and was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, back then, it was, you know, those were, like, afterwards, he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I guess I want to go home. He's like, well, won't we take a few months and travel the country? I'm like, okay, we'll do that, and then drop me off at my house, and then we'll get a moment. And so we just traveled for a long time. So we went from that crazy to, yeah, so I have, you know, the kids at, at some point, and I can't really, you know, do all that. And right. I'm in recovery, so now and I'm trying to kind of get it together. So I liked the, the job I had before because I did get to have adventures and move and I traveled quite a bit, but this time it was different. Like I would, if, if my hotel company said to me, we need you to go to San Francisco and take over a hotel, I would fly my kids in there. I would take them to them, the, the local playgrounds. I would take them, I always took them to McDonald's Playland because that's where they meet other kids. Right, and right, yeah, see if they liked them. The yeah. <laughs> It really was. And I could talk to other moms, like before we made a decision to move there and the one nearest to the school or whatever. And I would get a buy-in. I mean, it was just the girls and I, the three of us, they're twin girls, they're 21 now, but their dad left when I was still pregnant with them. And so when they were born, I knew it was going to be the three of us against the world. Like it was going to be just us three. Mm. And so we made family decisions. I mean, I'm talking about like six years old, like, girls, I need you to go to San Francisco and tell me if you want to do this or not, because we're not doing anything you don't want to do. And right. they bought into every decision and every move. And I think there's some value in that. Like, my brother has two kids that were born in the same house, and they just graduated and went to college, and they never left that home. And I see an incredible amount of value in, in this ability that, that they gave to those kids. But also, my kids moving around a lot, they learn things that you can't learn without that. They learn how to make friends out of nothing. Like right. They made, they and learned how to, go ahead. They're probably adaptable too. Right. Like they probably are easily adaptable. And that, that's that in probably a lot of like life skills and street smarts that you don't get without right. that experience. Mm-hmm. And like adapting and adjusting is really, you know, one of the big tricks of life, I think. And they just learn how to do that. And they, you know, and there was a point it was about junior highest before high school where they said no more. And I don't know why I get chills. They said no more. And, and I said, listen, this hotel's done. They want me to go to Miami or Chicago. And they're like, mom, we like our friends. Now we're back in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. It's close enough to home. Like we don't want to go there. And I didn't want to take them there. And that's when I, uh, you know, stop moving because they said no more. And, and that was fair. Like they'd done that for me for a long time. So that was fair. So that's why we've been here since. And I'm imagining, you know, there's so many pros and cons to what you're saying and for, for parent, you know, for child rearing and for parenting. And I'm, you know, I'm not a parent, but I, I'm just thinking about what you're saying and I can see the positives and the negatives of, of having this ability to move around with your kids. And like you said, I'm sure that they've gained a sense of uh, resiliency and of adaptability. At the same time, it's like they don't have a place to call home. They, they probably feel a little insecure about that. So as a parent, I'm sure it's something that you're constantly worrying about is what kind of effect is this having on my children? 
So I do. I, I, I feel like I spent, you know, the last 21 of their years of their lives, like, you know, with that in, in mind, for sure. Like, are they going to be well-adjusted enough? Will they ever have friends? Like, I grew up in the same house my whole life. I have friends from the third grade that, you know, talk to me on Facebook. And, and my kids, right. wouldn't, they wouldn't know where they went to school in third grade. Like, they probably went to two or three third grades. Like, and so I do, you know, I felt for them around that. Um, but at the same time, like, we're a home, right. the three of us. Wherever we are, we're home. And love and, and being together is all that ever mattered. And before I had them, I had, when I was 16, I had a baby. And again, when I was 18 and in my, um, you know, in the depths of my alcoholism, I lost custody of them when they were young, they were two and, and a couple months old and I never got to see them again. And so when I got sober and I had the twins, I was 18 months sober and I was scared to death because I had been a mom once and, and that didn't work. And what if I don't do good with these ones? And um, so for me, like, I was always just grateful we got to have each other. I didn't have to miss them. They didn't have to miss me. Nothing bad was happening. Like, we just all had each other. And we always had this, like, bond. And, and we had an incredible time. We sat in the kitchen floor and ate ice cream at midnight in the dark and told stories and laughed. And and they were every wedding date. And, you know, we just like, we had a really fun life and we had each other. So it didn't really matter, honestly. Wow. That's so, awesome. And that is, it's beautiful. And that's a beautiful way that you're, no matter where you're at, they are at home because you guys created, it, it speaks to really the family being the home as opposed to the family dynamic. Yeah. Rather right, than the, the, the place. Location, right. Yep. So, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. And of course we can move on if, if not, but you mentioned that one of your daughters was born hearing impaired. Yes, Maggie. Maggie. So, you know, that, that's another adversity that as a parent that you have to learn and the household sort of has to adapt to. What, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, we had to adapt to her more than she had to adapt to us. <laughs> right. She, grew up that way. she was born that yeah. way. So you guys had to, to change. So what, what does that change yeah. look like? It was, I mean, it, it, it was beautiful. It was, she taught us how to listen to the world and, and it was incredible. Like she taught us what we know about people. And, and so uh, she was born that way, but we didn't know until she was two. And mm -hmm. I just knew there was something different about her than her twin sister. And I kept bringing the doctor and they didn't know either. And about two and a half years old, Lexi was old enough to talk and I was trying to get Maggie to do something. And Lexi said to me, what, you have to look at her when you talk, mom. And I was like, here I am. Like, I didn't know that. And I looked at her and said it, and then she did it. And I took her to the doctor and said, she can't hear me. Lexi just told me. And it took, you know, my two-year-old to tell me her sister can't hear. I took her to the doctor and told him, and he, he you know, started testing her hearing. And he said, you're right, she can't hear. And she had enough hearing that she got away with it enough for, you know, us to not know that was a problem. But instantly, like instantly, like that day at that doctor's office, our lives changed for the better because before then we didn't know how to communicate as a family and we didn't know what was wrong. All we needed to know was what it was. Then we can overcome it. We just didn't know what we had to overcome. 
And, and how intuitive of the two-year-old to be the one, right? you know, that's so, children are so intuitive like that. Yeah. And twins, especially like they had their own language. It was beautiful. But once we knew that Maggie just couldn't hear us, that's all it was. We knew how to communicate with her. She used to, before she got her first set of hearing aids, because it takes a while to do all that. But we found out she, we set up a, like a PA system in the house with like speakers and a wireless mic. And we walked around with this microphone and we talked in the, and so it came out in the speakers so she could hear us. Like, and we had so much fun because we knew what we had to fix. And Maggie, what happened is like, she does not see it as an impairment. We call her our sight child, not our hearing impaired child. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't think it's a problem. Like when she used to wear her hearing aids, she would say the world's too loud. Turn it down, turn it down. And... (laughs) She didn't like it, and she wouldn't have, like, cochlear implants or anything. She doesn't want to hear the world any louder than it is. Like, she meets people, and she feels their heart and their energy and their body language. She'll, she'll, we'll leave a room, and she'll say, Mom, that guy's really into her. So you, how do you know? So his body language. Watch how he is when he talks to her. Watch how this guy is when he talks to you. Or watch how this teacher, you know, his body language, like she, she knows people's energy and, and she gets a vibe because she's not listening to their words. She's actually like in that moment. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm sitting here thinking like, I, I have to ask you this because I, I wish I could have the outlook that you have. Uh, You seem to turn every thing that's happened uh, and these, these typically, really difficult situations it's like they're they're all positives for you in a way like you you really see the glass is half full and is there something in your childhood or something that helped get you to a point where where your perspective has shifted in that way or you were you always like this i agree that's all i hear is positivity which is beautiful yeah oh yeah yeah, that's why I said, like, I don't know if I have a lot of adversity, like, or drama. No, like, those are, but those because, are adversities, but look right. at how you look at them, like, with right. grace. Be- because to me, I've never really felt like they were all that challenging. Um, they always look like a gift to me. I don't know what that is. I, I, to answer your question, what I had in my childhood was my mother, who was just spiritually fit as a human being. She just always believed that everything was okay. And nothing was bad or wrong. And she'd always say, I don't know if it's good or bad. It just is. And and she'd look for the opportunity. I was one time in a wedding dress, getting married at the altar and left at the altar in my dress. Like he left and we never got married. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, he's not, he's not doing this, is he? And she said, no, but isn't this good information? And wow. Right. And it was like, she, she's like, listen, this is good information. We need it. Like you needed to know now that this is who he is instead of later. It's okay. But we paid for some food. So let's have a dance. And like, and we did. And you had the party still. I love that. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> it's freaking amazing. What are you going to do? You know? And right. even then I would leave him voicemails all the time. Like, listen, babe, I love you. I don't know what happened, but if you're ever in town, hit me up. Like, it's good. <laughs> it doesn't it work. It doesn't matter. Great. I would always tell him, like, it doesn't matter. It, do- it really doesn't. It wasn't meant to be. That's okay. And we ran into each other. Actually, the night my mom died, um, a friend of mine called and said, you know, I know you haven't seen him since the wedding, but uh, 
he lives like 10 minutes from your mom's house down in Tennessee and your mom died and he's still family to you and you should go see him. And I hadn't seen or talked to him since he stood me up at the wedding. And I walked into his business in Tennessee the night my mom died, like two hours later. And wow. he, he looked at me, he put the clothes sign in the door. He said, I heard, and it's okay, hon. And we were just fine. Like, it was just like, we never missed 10 years. And he said to me that night, he said, do you want to know why I left and didn't get married that day? I said, no, I don't want to know. You know why? You have two kids and a beautiful life, and it doesn't matter because you were meant for this life. So why you didn't walk down the aisle, that doesn't matter. You were meant for this life, and you got this life. And we got to have that, that time together after my mom died that night, and then he, he actually ended up killing himself um, about three weeks later. But again, the beauty and the grace of it is, is I got to see him one more time, wow. you know? So what? So I think what, like what I'm picking up from everything that you're saying, and I guess the lesson and the underlying lesson of what, what you're saying to me and what I'm hearing is, is that um, it's really all about perspective. And luckily, you were, you were raised with this, with this beautiful gift of perspective, of seeing the positive side of things. But a lot of us, when something happens to us, it's so easy to catastrophize and focus on that as if the world is ending. And really, you are proof that it's almost a waste of time to do that and that there's no need for it and that life will go on. So why not just focus on the lesson that comes from it? Right. Because what and you're that's saying- that's your first nature, it seems like. That's like your first nature rather than going through the whole other process like the rest of us have to. And while you're it's- Right there. While it's your get- nature, it also speaks though that it, it is your nature, but it is also a decision that anybody could make. Right. Yeah. So, right. So, and, and don't get me wrong, like, it doesn't always come instantly. It did with the wedding, it did with a couple of things, but like sometimes I do have to work to get there. Um, sometimes it's an hour and a half, sometimes it's a day. It, it's never long, but I sometimes have to work to get there, but it is on perspective because of that. the truth of the matter is I'm gonna spend some energy on this. It's my choice if I wanna put the energy into worrying or regret or remorse or what could have been, which I don't believe in anything that could have been. Everything is as it is. And mm-hmm. so the energy is going to be spent. I could spend the energy on finding the opportunity, looking for the love, and looking for the helpers, right? My mom always said, when tra- tragedy happens, look for the helpers mm. and, 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 and run to them because that's where the hope is. That's where the love is. That's where the miracle is. There's going to be tragedy, but you're going to see people helping in that tragedy, just like we do in the opiate epidemic, just like we do in, in an earthquake or a hurricane. Like there's people helping and that's where we go and we become the helpers and the energy goes there because again, like my perspective is it's about love and, and it's about the hope, right? So yeah, you're right. It's about perspective. One time Mag- something happened to Maggie because she's just had this long life of like incredible things happening to her that you almost want to believe. I mean, from the hearing to a heart condition, a couple years ago, she was um, hit by a Jeep. She was riding her bike to work and like hit by a Jeep going 65 miles an hour. And because she, I know she couldn't hear the Jeep because, you know, she couldn't hear the Jeep. And, and it, you know, I mean, they called me, the ambulance called me and said, your daughter's unresponsive. She's back in the ambulance. She was hit by Jeep. She's 16 years old. She's you know, rushing to the hospital was an hour and a half away. And, and, you know, six months before that, she had had another heart surgery and appendix out, like there's always something. And so I told my boss at the time, I said, you know, I have to go. Madison was hit by a car. And he said, 
you know, the next day he called, he said, how is he, how is she? And, and I said, you know, she's hanging in there. She's, you know, broken bones, shoulder blade, all this stuff, surgeries, but she's alive. And he said, that girl can't catch a break. And I said, no, oh. no, 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 don't get it wrong. That girl has done nothing but catch a break. Like, that girl catches some breaks. Like, right. if you look at it, <laughs> it is not that she can't catch a break. That girl, and that's how she looks at it, too. She's like, Mom, people feel sorry for me. Why? I've, like, outlived so much more than a normal human being. Like, I do nothing but catch a break. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Which- not to keep bringing it back to perspective, but again, that's another perspective thing is when you go through a lot of different things and you've overcome a lot of many adversities or big adversities, it's, you know, it, it puts things into perspective that, you know, life is short. It's not that serious. And I might as well just be positive and uh, have a good life and enjoy it. I love that. It makes me want to come like really hang out with you, Robbie, and just like kind of like rub on you like a Buddha. <laughs> give, me some you? This, give me some of this positive vibes over here, you know? Um, <laughs> Please do. Uh, you, you had also mentioned like when we were talking, like, cause you had so much, I, I said you had so many things that were like topics for adversity. Now you told me something about losing multiple boyfriends. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm. so I was just thinking when you were saying about perspective just now too, about, a. Uh, a man I was, I was um, interested in one time and, and I, we'd gone on a date or two, but, you know, so when you were saying life is short and we just have to live it. And I remember he dropped me off at my house and we had this amazing night and we sat by the beach and, and, and like that feeling of like, I want him to kiss me and he didn't. And then he called me. Then when he got home, he was like, I wanted to kiss you so bad. And I didn't. And I was like, I know I wanted you to kiss me too. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we see each other. We're definitely doing that. And <laughs> we're definitely just both scared. And I know this sounds terrible, but he died before I saw him again. And he, uh-huh. he, he, um, you know, had, he had uh, many years sober and he'd relapsed at the a couple days in between when we were planning to see each other and he overdosed and died that night. And I think often about, like, that comes up for me, like, several times a week, and it's been about eight years since he died, about how life is short, just kiss her. Like, life is short, just do it. Like, we didn't have that because he died. Like, you never know. You think you're going to have that second date, and I'll kiss her in the second date. You know what I mean? And you don't know. Like, he died. Um, or you'll right tell before. someone you love them, or, you, you know, you right. tell somebody or, or do something, but next time, but, like, it's like, do it now. Do it now. Because, yeah. like, literally, nobody would have seen that coming. I mean, he had four little boys. Like, it was a, it was a tragedy. Like, mm. he died, and we never had that shot. So, like, you never know what it is that, that you won't have time to do. And the pro- it's an old spiritual saying. The problem is that I think I have more time. And, and, and we just have to do things now. But, yeah, prior to him, he was the first man I dated after my boyfriend had died. Um, prior to that, I was... Um, dating a guy that I really, really liked. And for the first time um, since Mikey, the fiance, didn't come, I met a guy I really liked a lot. And, um, and we, had a, we had fun and we had a good time. And, and he, was, he was like a beautiful soul, a little broken, but, but beautiful. And um, he was a little younger than me, so we had a little bit more fun than probably would have at my age. And 
and uh, <laughs> he loved my kids and and we spent um, a lot of really nice time together and you know he um, also relapsed and and um, we took him into treatment and and I you know we found him uh, dead after he had AM8 he was in the his head in the toilet needle in his arm and and um, you know he called the night before yeah he called the night before he died about 1 a.m and honestly like mm. i looked at my phone saw that i missed a call from him a few minutes before it's the middle of the night and i i can't save him i can't keep doing this i don't know what to do for him anymore i'll call him in the morning and 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 he was gone in the morning so mm. um <clears throat> And just no. for our listeners really quick, so you mentioned AMA, and it, with AMA oh, sorry. against medical advice, so it's when somebody's mm -hmm. in treatment and they leave against the clinical or medical advice. Mm -hmm. Sorry, so, that's wow. like a, a typical term in my life. Oh, but not totally everybody's. Good. That's what we're here for. So, <laughs> wow. Um, but even, you know, it's a... It, that's such a sad thing, but it's, you know, I, I, I appreciate how you cherish the time that you had with them as opposed to uh, worrying about the mistake that, that, you know, not mistake, you obviously didn't do anything wrong, but you, I appreciate that you cherish that time with them and, um, and the message that you got from it that just don't take anything for granted and just do what you need to do and do what you want to do in the moment and, and love whoever's around you. Yeah. And I feel and it as you talk about those moments with them, like I'm feeling your heart, you know? Um, so you carry that, that you carry that with you. Yeah, and I, I, I always say with, with him, I, I, carry, I do carry a piece of his heart in, in mine, and I, I do a lot of what I do today um, for other people in, in, like, his honor. Like, I vowed to not let it be in, in, in waste and in and, and vain, and that we would honor his life and, and the love that he gave. You know, one of the, he wrote songs for a living, and and, and produce songs. And one of the last songs he wrote, he said, God, I have a good heart, but please let me expose that they can't see it. Mm -hmm. And I always think I want to expose his heart for him, even though he's gone. <laughs> like he had a big heart and I want people to always know that. And, you know, I, I cherish, like his family says to me, but he had a good six months with you before he died sober and having the time of his life. And thank God for that. Mm, like, thank God he wasn't beautiful. taken before that. Like he got to have, he was so proud he had you and so happy and you gave him so much in those times and he was sober for, and like, that's the grace, right? I always look for the grace. Like, where's the grace? Mm. And the grace is he didn't, he didn't miss that. And I didn't miss that. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where the grace yeah. is. Like, I believe that we have human will and bad things happen. And, and, you know, I saw this terrible car accident on the highway, come back from Cape Cod last week. And I stopped at it and this girl just crashed her Land Rover and I watched it happen and I pulled over and I ran up to her and, and it was a really bad scene and she bleeding from the head. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So bad things happen. The grace was the next car that pulled up. She said, hi, I'm, I'm an EMT off duty. Let me help. Then another car pulled oh, up, no. and he said, I'm a doctor coming back from vacation. I have a medical kit. We're, like, trying to stop the bleeding. He's like, I have everything you need. It's fine. And then the next guy was like, listen, I'm a cop. I'm going to start directing traffic. I'm off duty. So we have three people there that are the right people <laughs> and saved her life, like, the right three people. All I could do is tell her to breathe, call her dad, tell her it's going to be okay. But they, the three people, uh, an EMT, 
a doctor huh. and a cop are the first three people to show up in an accident scene. Are you kidding me? That's God's grace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was getting. You could look at it as one of two things, grace or just lucky. And that, you know, I depends on what you believe, but that sounds like grace to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. That sounds like universe. Well, no matter what you believe in, that can't be anything but love that the universe is sending help. And that's where the beauty comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Well, I, I don't know if we can call this episode overcoming adversity because it sounds like it's really more about uh, facing adversity and, and with grace, with grace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, and what love. I, would, I would call this right. So it's, it's a beautiful episode, I think, of, of this show. And I think it gives a, a lot of people hope uh, and understanding that if, if with the right perspective, any situation can be turned into a positive uh, or a learning experience. And it's important that we focus on the positives and we, we see the glasses half full because we can live a more happy and fulfilling life. If- and we speak that choice, right? Right. And right. I... I always say seek it. Like on my fridge and my coffee machine is a big written out seek. Like just seek it. Seek it and you'll find it. Seek the positive. Seek the, the opportunity to learn in this lesson. Seek the helpers. Seek the love in it. Just when you seek it, when you, when you go to find it, you'll, get, you'll find it. It's your choice, what you want to find. So true. It's so easy to forget, but it's definitely so true. And I love hearing your background nature sounds in your cabin. It's very relaxing and soothing. It makes me want to like bust out of meditation, you know? Yeah, no, it's such a great place to meditate. It's part of how, you know, with a lot of trauma in my life and, and different things, you know, this is part of my self-care. I live in a log cabin on a lake and, and, and the crazy world goes away and I come home to this and it's just part of what I do so that I keep, you know, peaceful and have time to reflect and look at nature and meditate every morning. And, you know, just like for me, having a a cabin on a lake is part of the self-care that that keeps me going into a place that's calm and peaceful so I can carry that feeling throughout the day. I did want to tell our listeners, if you guys do hear crickets anytime there's silence, (laughs) not me adding a sound effect, I swear. (laughs) There are real crickets in the background right now. We have, yeah, they're featured today on, on our podcast. Yes. So Blake, you want to tell uh, Robbie about our, our special thing or do I have the honor? I believe special you have thing? the honor. I do. Okay. So every episode we have a segment called let it out. So um, it's just something you want to vent, you want to air out, you know, like just anything it can be. So um, is there anything that's bothering you or anything that you want to kind of like let out? Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. It could be something very very simple or it could be something like we've had very meaningless ones. We've had very meaningful let it out. So it could be anything, anything on the spectrum. It's just something that, you know, we, we have a lot of major adversities in all of our lives and, but everybody, no matter what, at every point of their time is dealing with some adversity, some struggle that they're going through. And sometimes you just got to let it out and then move on. So we, we like to give our guests and ourselves an opportunity to let it out. Okay. I like that a lot. And I think for this episode specifically, I think we need to prove to people that you're human and that you're not an angel. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend that says I'm not human. He's like planet Robin population one. (laughs) Um, It's funny. I'm glad you didn't give me a warning on that question. So I would have thought about it too much. Um, Something I want to let out something that makes me, 
I mean, I'll tell you, like, just to be vulnerable and transparent and just, like, honest about, like, I mean, I'm strong and I get overcome every, and positive. I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know if this even counts. It's not a big deal. But, like, I've been pretty much or completely 100% single since my boyfriends died. My boyfriends, my mom, and my sponte died all within a couple months. Mm. And after, after uh, the last two died, boyfriends, I decided to, you know, take some time to myself and, and uh, focus on my kids and my career. And I didn't date for nine years. And um, my last date was like 2010, maybe, and 2009. So it's been nearly a decade. And now I have this boyfriend, like this, like there's somebody that I'm walking through. There's like fear of being in a relationship and being vulnerable again. And I'm like, so what I'm letting out is like, I'm scared to death. Like, I'm so scared. I actually uh-huh. get fearful whole die because that's what happens. Oh, I think I would too, though. I can't blame you. Right. You know? that's... But that's, yeah, that's what I'm walking through right now that I like, don't even like to tell people because I like to just be strong, but I know that the true strength is in vulnerability and connection with people and comes from telling the truth. And, you know, people need to see that. So like, I'm really scared, like all the time. And that feeling of, I got to go, I'm walking through that and, and, and staying in the uncomfortability. And I mean, a decade alone is a long time to go. And then to now, you know, share space with someone and let somebody in. And even though the last ones died or left me at the altar, whatever it is, I'm so scared. I'm like doing it anyway. And that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's a good one. Amanda, what is yours? What is mine? Well, let's see. Um, I think, you know, just because of some stuff that I've had transpired this day, today, and then after Robbie's message of grace, just like, don't, like, I'm just not going to sweat the small shit. Like, I'm not, like, you know, I, I, I usually come, come there, but I'm just not going to, like, let anything, like, weigh on my shoulders right now because life is too short. I'm healthy. I have a beautiful family and life. And, like, any little things that come up through my day, you know, are just, are so, are just like little petty things that, you know, can get under your skin and like, you know, throw you for a jam, just brush your shoulders off, you know, like I'm, I'm just going to not even, I just feel, I feel at a really good place today and, and strong with and comfortable with who I am. So I, I did that post of that, that meme you made me Blake, I'm in the F hater space Yeah. and I'm kind of there, but even like beyond that, like, I just don't even, I'm just all about the love today. So that's it. I don't know how letting it out it is, but. Oh, it. I love that. There's no right or wrong answers. To this. <laughs> there is. It's not a cookie cutter thing. <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, us doing this segment is kind of showing me that maybe I'm spiritually fit because at least for the moment, I mean, we know how long that'll last, but I, again, for another week in a row, I don't really have much that I'm holding on to. I will say that my honeymoon is this weekend and I leave for my honeymoon gone for two weeks. And so the only thing or only worry I have on the mind right now is that, uh, I got to pack and which means, you know, we, uh, it's funny because it's different than a, a normal, just packing. We had a pest issue in our apartment not too long ago where we had to bring every piece of clothing we've owned to the laundromat and every piece of clothing we own are still in big laundry bags, all bagged up and folded. So it, what it really means is tonight, Chrissy and I are going to have to un 
pack all of these bags, find our clothes that we need to pack for this two-week trip, plus pack our suits and dresses and because we're going to weddings and stuff out there while we're on our honeymoon. So it's just a, it's not a real let it out. It's just like an anticipation of an annoying moment. But that's really the worst I've got going. I'm already kind of mentally in vacation mode right now. So if you could see me, I've got my feet up on my desk as we're talking. (laughs) And the worst that you have going on is that you get to go on a honeymoon, which is such a blessing. So I know, poor you're, me. You're doing pretty I good. To, I have to pack for my two trips <laughs> <Right>. to California <laughs> coast. <laughs> so, like I said, I'm, I got nothing to complain about, really. Uh, there's always something I'm sure I can find, and I, I dislike many people, but um, you know what? They're not bothering me today. <laughs> So, Robin, thank you, or Robbie, 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 Robin, all, um, it's all one name. So, uh, Robbie Love, you are definitely Robbie Love. Robbie Love. Now I see the name, and I, I think you wear it well. Yes, on Facebook, I'm Robbie Love, because that is my middle name. So it's Robin, but most people just call me Robbie Love. Awesome. Well, I appreciate well, thank you, you so much, and it really it meant a lot to us, and I think it definitely brightened my day, and I'm sure Amanda's too. Well, that's yep, what it's all about. Definitely. Yeah, no, you were a breath of fresh air today. So really appreciate it. Like I personally needed to hear all the stuff you had to say. And, and like you really, you're, I could just feel your warmth and your sincerity and, you know, your heart through the phone. And I've never even met you, you know? So thank you for that. And Aww, before we go. Thank you for the opportunity. That means a lot to me. Trust me, it was, you really, it was much more of a pleasure for us. Thank you so much. So the last thing before we go, of course, is we have some housekeeping uh, things that we have to just clean up real quick and just say and make sure that we get this stuff out there. So one, if you haven't already to all of our listeners and Robbie, feel free to do this, please go to our page on either Apple podcast or on Spotify and go slam that five star button. Give us a nice review. If you're enjoying this podcast, we want to hear about it. Also, we are always looking for guests for the show. So if you've got an adversity, if you've got an experience that you want to talk about, and you want to be vulnerable with us and take that opportunity to lean in to, to that anxiety and that fear of talking about your past, we would love to hear from you. And we would think you're very brave to do so. So please reach out. Also, Amanda Marino will be speaking yes. on overcoming adversity's past or past over on over. I'm reading two things at once on over. <laughs> she will be speaking on behalf of overcoming adversity podcast. Yes, that's it. In Boca Raton, I believe, at the Maggiano's um, at an event. So she'll be speaking and talking. Next Thursday night. Next Thursday night. So I got to give Amanda a shout out for holding it down for us. Thank you for that. Thank you. They did want you to, Blake, but you are on your honeymoon. So you are, are, uh, you know, definitely a little busy that night. (laughs) They couldn't afford me. It's at the State of Recovery Executive Meeting um, at Maggiano's in Boca Raton. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited that we're getting enough attention that people want us to come out and speak. Um, so congratulations for that moment there. And that's it. We love everybody. Thank you again, Robbie, for coming on. Amanda, I bid you adieu. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great day and so great sharing energy with you both. Awesome. <laughs>